The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone to our show, The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being and Truly Understanding the Pathway that's designed in healthiness and well-being for each and every one of us. And part of the reason of having the show, The Intentional Spirit, is we look at tools rather than rules in which empower people to know that within themselves they have their own answer to make those positive choices. And I'm just delighted that you have chosen to be part of the show as well as support it with your family and friends. It means a lot to me. I'm delighted that today we have Gregory Ann Cox, Gregory Ann Cox is a life evangelist. She is a wellness warrior. She's a business mentor. She specializes in the field of women and women's empowerment. Gregory Ann, thank you for being on our show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. Well, one of the things that I always like to start out with, because I I feel that, uh, you know, one of the great aspects of being a a healer in the world in whatever way we have shown up to do the healing work is understanding our own sacred story. How did you um, get into this uh, work that you're in and, and what about your life path brought you into being an intentional spirit? That's a really thoughtful question. Thank you. I would have to say that what brought me here was um, being knocked off course in high school. I was on my way to medical school, or so I thought, and a teacher kindly said, you're not good at science, you should stick to language. And so I did that. But I took psychology because I had this desire to help people. So many, many years later, I, I ended up being a chef. And many years later, that just was not a fit. I really, the burning desire was to get down and dirty with people. I could help them with food, but I wanted to help deeper. And um, so I was introduced to life coaching, and I got certified, and it was just a magical fit. And I thought back on that teacher in high school who did me a favor because really, truly, the Western medical model would not have been the right place for me to be in. So I guess that's how I got here. And as far as intentional spirit, it I... If I deny what I'm called to do, I don't feel well. I get unhealthy. And I really feel like I've called to be in this conversation of what truly is full expression for women, full health as much as we can have um, a vibrant life. These are the things that drive me, so I have to go there. Oh, that's uh, that's. Very well, well said. And uh, there's just so much richness within just the paragraph that you just said. Well, first of all, it's very clear as to why you would be a successful coach because you have the power, the positioning of a very strong voice. And I think very few people on the planet realize that in order to be received as an intentional spirit with confidence, uh, having that magical voice, it's not the one-all, be-all, but it certainly helps, doesn't it? So, um, you know, more power out to you that you have that, you know, that holding, um, as I talk often in shamanism about the heart archetype of a person that's a visionary, having that 
position of boys like Martin Luther King, uh, that's uh, part of being a difference maker. So good for you that you you found your match. But when you talk about the specialty of wellness, I love the other statement that you made. And it's more pertinent to how you impact clients when you said that when you aren't following what you're supposed to be doing with your life or being in your life, uh, it makes you ill. I don't think a lot of people really understand how powerful that particular statement is because um, I've been saying it for years. You know, you can fake uh, abundance. You can have a big purse or a thick wallet. You know, you can fake having a healthy relationship um, or having some type of purpose, but you can't fake your health. Your body just doesn't lie. (laughs) That is the truth. Yeah, and it's interesting. We're not, um, in our culture, not taught to listen to the body. We listen to pain. Pain is a good wake-up call. And oftentimes we suppress pain in lieu of doing something more or being more, keeping up with whatever we've created. Um, but we, we are not educated to listen to the more subtle things that are going on in our body. And I think that's really a shame because it's such valuable information. You know, the body is wise beyond our comprehension. It, it really wants to keep us on track, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So how um, how long have you been a life coach and how did you launch that? Because, you know, a lot of our listeners are looking for, especially in today's times, um, other areas of interest in which they share their gifts and talents. Mm-hmm. Um, was it just an intention and you, you went to um, coach university or how did that uh, door open up in your life? Well, it's funny. I, I seem to always have to take the long way. Well, I used to take the long way around things. <laughs> I kept cooking long past my expiration date. I, was, I kept getting great jobs. And then I wasn't, you know, getting great jobs. And I kept fighting and saying, but it's got to be there. And then I said, well, okay, I'm going to go get my psych degree. I'm going to finish that degree. Well, I don't live anywhere near a college, and I didn't want to do an online platform. So after burning through a whole bunch of money because I had no work coming in, spending days crying, going, what's wrong with me? How come nobody will hire me? Somebody said, you should go to this course all the way in California. I live in New York. I didn't have money to fly to California. Suddenly a plane ticket came my way. Somebody gave me miles. And I was like, oh, somebody will give me a ticket to the course. It was called Life Directions. And somebody said to me, this is a course that will help you figure out what you could be good at, what would be next for you outside of these things that aren't working. And I thought, okay. And I went, and that's how I got introduced to life coaching. And I thought, well, I'll try it. So I took a little introductory course, and when I fell, I just really resonated with it, fell in love, decided to enroll in a school and get certified. And in the meantime, I got work that allowed me to do the classwork and just cook locally for some of the families that I knew out here. So when I made the decision to let go and see what else was there for me that I wasn't forcing, everything fell into place. And I really fell in love with that. That was about 10 years ago. And um, how I launched, I, I went to work for the company whose program was called Life Directions, and it's peak potential. Some people know them. They do a lot, of, um, a lot of events every year, and they hired me because they said, well, you've got great experience. You have your psychology background. Sure, you can be a coach, so I, I was fortunate enough to get hired and get experience as a coach under somebody's umbrella, and that mean I didn't, meant I didn't have to do marketing or anything, but when I finally decided to go out on my own, that showed up as a sort of deficit. I didn't have any experience with business outside of being a chef running restaurants. Right. And um, so it took me a while to get settled and get on my feet, but I did because it's it just I didn't want to do anything else. That's really what I felt was going to allow me to be fully expressed myself. Well, obviously, it, it's just the perfect fit for you. And um, uh, tell our audience, um, uh, what range of coaching uh, do you focus on? Are there certain areas that, that you would consider, now these are my, my real specialties? Yes. I, when I had Wealthy Wellness Coach is about a year old, and for seven years I had midlife with a vengeance, and it came about to help because I went through things that I figured other midlife women were going to struggle with these physical changes. Maybe life needs some change. You don't know exactly what I went through. I started talking to my friends, and they were having the same problem, and I thought, well, you know, let me try this on. And how, what that grew into uh, is really is looking at mostly midlife women, even as wealthy wellness coach. I now help 
health and wellness coaches, many of them second career people, or this is a new venture for them, to get their message clear and to bring forth what's unique about them to the marketplace because it's very easy to sound like everybody else. But the the way that I work with women um, on a, from a health basis is they we you know we do an intake. There's a, everybody has to or answer some questions so I know where we're starting and from where they're starting to where they want to be. We map the gap and there are many ways to get there. Obviously, and one of the things that comes up because not everybody comes to me. People say, "Oh, it's weight loss." You know, many people come for weight loss. Probably more than half. But I have a good amount of people who are in that transition place that you mentioned. They might want to do something else to express their gifts in the second half. They might feel like they want a whole career change. They might want to start a business. And that transition piece can be, as I I experienced, either really long and, you know, you don't have to go through all that much devastation, or we can do some exercises to get to the core or the heart of the person that we, we forget. When we were kids, we knew. And then we forget. So we do exercises to take the person back to that place to find who it is that is yet to be expressed in them or what it is that wants to be expressed. So it's health and it's also the health of the mind and the, uh, and the life of the person. And it, it's beautiful in, in the measurement of midlife because um, often I've found in, in my years of spiritual counseling, and one would uh, allude to that being uh, somewhat of a coaching nature, mm-hmm. it's almost like for the first time finally, you know, people uh, step back into what you were saying, like their birth medicine or who they, their childhood dreams again. You know, and a lot of people judge them and go, well, they've, you know, lost their marbles or, you know, look at them. They're just, you know, they've become so indifferent or, my gosh, it's almost like they've lost their minds. When in truth, they, for the first time, are giving themselves permission to really be who they who they are because there's something about the the beauty of the aging process that it becomes a very dear friend of ours because we stop wasting time on mm-hmm. being all these things that we're not. That is the truth. That time thing becomes so much more evident as we age. And so with your uh, program on uh, weight loss, uh, tell us uh, about that. Because I I know that even as a community that we are... um, you know, we're doing our own programs now about healthy mindedness. I, I feel very strongly about it of leaders in the unity movement that physically we need to reflect. We want to reflect, um, uh, being healthy, you know, and, and I'm not talking perfectionism. I'm just talking about people that love their bodies, you know, that care about their well being. If we're going to stand in front of a room or on a radio show and talk about energy, we need to have some. You know, and uh, it's so crucial uh, to be an example uh, because I I don't think we're in a culture now, especially the younger generations, that they put it together real quick when people aren't authentic. And I think often, and and I imagine you you have your own take on this and I want to hear it. You know, a lot of times people talk about authenticity, authenticity. We've really almost overused that word. But often people think of, well, people ask me if I wanted to go to the movie, and I said yes when I really meant no, and, you know, I need to be more authentic. But I think it's, you know, what's come, what you're speaking or what you are congruent about, you know, that if you're, your passion is children, that you speak to the kids on your street, not wait till you get to the location where your kids are. You know, those kind of things. Um, and if you're coaching people about... Um, being dynamic, I think that person needs to be dynamic. What do you think about that? I couldn't agree more. I have a, uh, I'm, I sort of preach the walk your talk thing when I'm working with health and wellness professionals who may have slipped off their game or maybe they're not practicing exactly what they would have their people do. I agree. I feel that it's not only inauthentic, but it lessens their impact. They want to reach more people. They want to have a big impact on the world. You can't, if you're Physicality is sending a different message in your mouth, mm-hmm. and you're, uh, you know, we 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 hear a message energetically on a subconscious level at the same time that we're registering the visuals and the audio. So I think it is really important to be completely congruent. And with the weight piece, it's it, it isn't a number on the scale. It is not the number on the dress tag. It is a way of showing up in the world, right? If we Queen Latifah 
is a she's a big girl. She's very mm-hmm. comfortable. She's incredibly confident, and I suspect she's healthy. You know, Oprah struggled for years on television with her weight. We knew she was sometimes she felt good about herself when she was low. And, you know, I, I like to take that away. Like, let's take the emotion out of why, what this is, this extra weight on you. And uh, much of the work that I do has, of course, it has the practical elements. But we start with the idea uh, that I mentioned to you earlier, epigenetics, the science that proves that our thoughts and feelings and beliefs are just as important as our lifestyle choices in how we live and how our genes express. Everybody has genes for disease and yet not everybody gets a disease. You know, so where is the difference? So it's a lot about the stories that we tell ourselves and awareness and mindfulness, which I know is a big thing for you. It is impossible to have lasting change or a life we love without being mindful of the role we're playing and what we're putting out, what we're bringing in, those kinds of things. So it's, it's food and movement, but it's really a lot of deep work, inner work. Well, I want to I go back to a statement because it kind of stopped me uh, in a very good way, and I'm sure it stopped others too. I, I love the statement that you made. Uh, weight loss is not simply the measurement of the size dress or outfit that you're wearing or what you weigh on the scales. Could you repeat that in some fashion? Because that was sure, profound. Sure. I'm like, sure. I need to write that down. Okay. Because <laughs> that's so, what most people think it is. Yes, you know. and I, I have frustrated many a client who says, when I, when I ask them what their goals are, they say, well, I want to lose 25 pounds. But what do you, what do you want to feel like? How do you want to feel? Because that number may or may not, 25 pounds in six weeks, okay, you may or may not get there because every body is different and I don't know this person's body. But the truth is we, do, we, we can't determine how we feel about ourselves by the number on the scale or the tag that's hanging off the dress or the jeans. Mm-hmm. There has to be something intrinsic in us. And, and for some people, we have to learn to love ourselves. There were difficulties in childhood. There, you know, high school trauma is still reverberating in the brain, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But we have to. I mean, the physiology of negative self-talk is so damaging. The cells literally clump together when we are experiencing negative self-talk or fear or anger, that, whether it's self-induced or induced by something outside of us. The cells clump together, and when that happens, immunity drops, our emotional quotient drops, our intelligence quotient. It's, it's this big cascade of negative things that go on in the body if we live in that state. Mm. Mm. And that I know is... a lot of unhappy people that are saying nasty stuff about themselves to themselves because they don't like what they see in the mirror. Mm, absolutely. It's kind of like the idea that a lot of people think physical energy is just based upon the physical body when um, there's an infinite uh, source of, of energy that's available to each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, otherwise we would pass by nature and the birds would be sleeping, you know, on their backs uh, most of the time because of all the flying that they had to make in the course of, you know, any given day. And, and you're so right. I mean, we've overworked the message of that it's all about the mind. That's one aspect of life. And the other balance is the necessity of understanding the emotional body, the mental body, and the physical body. They're all connected together. Well, how exciting it is to be on the show with you um, and just loving how your language and the work that you're doing. And we will be right back after this short break. I w- and we can hear more from uh, Gregory Ann. And be sure and have your pencil this time because I know <laughs> mine is uh, ready to write down some of these things. You can go to her website, wealthywellnesscoach.com. I'm Temple Hayes, and I want to thank you for your continuing uh, support of Unity Online Radio. We truly are a voice for an awakening world. We'll be right back. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now.
Guidance and direction are bubbling up from your soul all the time, even at night. But do you hear your soul when it calls? Do you recognize it? Do you trust it? Can you trust it? How can you be certain you are hearing the voice of your precious soul? Janet Connor teaches five wisdom habits that help you hear your soul, recognize and trust its guidance, and begin to take action to create a truly beautiful life. Learn the wisdom habit of divine dialogue in Writing Down Your Soul. How to live a life of integrity in Soul Vows. And discover your soul's unique purpose in Check the Box. If you long to create a soul-directed life, visit JanetConnor.com and explore all five courses in her signature series, Your Soul Wants Five Things. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paula Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Rev. Temple Hayes. Well, thank you everyone for, first of all, being an intentional spirit and uh, secondly for participating in this wonderful movement called Being Awake um, here and now in the 21st century. We were talking about, um, before Gregory Ann and I were discussing the aspects of energy and how, you know, we have heard all these labels and and, and smaller box paradigms uh, through the years of that energy, you know, it comes from uh, certain foods you eat and, you know, things like that. And, and we're both very well aware that that is a factor. But yet energy is so much more broader than that. And uh, yesterday ended last night, you know, there's the infinity of energy in our bodies. Uh, Gregory Ann, talk a little bit about some of your beliefs around energy because obviously you are I'm looking at your website and have been in the past and you have a lot of high energy yourself how do you do yes uh, I, I I think I came in with a little bit of an extra gen, uh, energy gene I don't know I've always been a high energy person and I teach a class called um, where to find energy anytime you need it and as you might well guess at this moment in time it's not outside of ourselves one of the things that I believe, and you alluded to it earlier, is that there is an infinite supply of energy that as long as we're breathing, our heart is beating, and we go to sleep, but the heart never sleeps. And so we go back to that self-love piece, and we tap into that heart center, and we think, wow, there's always love here for me, and there's life. Until the heart stops beating, there is always energy. But it's very easy in our society to get into this language of, I'm so tired, I can't believe I had so much to do. And that is the collective noise around us, and so it is easy, and people do get tired. I'm not denying that work makes us tired, that long days make us tired. Just that, when we need energy, especially especially energy for self-love or emotional um, comfort, it's always there. It is just always there to tap into. Well, and it, it went from being, you know, something that would guide people in the change of light and dark as a way to restore and rejuvenate ourselves. And certainly it's part of that, that self-care element. 
but it has become a mantra of just an ongoing um, conversation. You know, it's like almost like a sacred song. People are, I'm so busy, I don't know how mm-hmm. I do it all. And and, and we know, um, and especially in, in shamanism, that martyrdom uh, aspect is just the warrior resisting uh, the true work that he or she came to do. Um, I mean, that, that seems, uh, you know, very evident we get into that. Um, and it's basically just another energy of notice me. Um, I'm not getting what I need, or maybe I'm not doing the work in the world I, I want to be doing because it's, um, the funny thing for me is I remember in a, you know, I have to go back a little bit, but we recall, you know, when we were early on in love and who could care about time, you know, Mm -hmm. really, you know, who could care about how many hours of, of sleep one had or anything like that. It's like you were on this great vibration from the heart chakra of more Mm -hmm. than enough, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's funny. So, um, talk a little bit about your, um, I know you have uh, some products, I know that you're going to be coming out with a a new book, but your products about uh, weight loss, uh, tell us a little bit about what some of the experiences have been with your your clients, Um, and, you know, obviously we know that they tap into a lot more than just, it's about losing the weight, but it's about gaining yourself. Hmm. Um, uh, what Absolutely. other what other thoughts around that? Because it looks like it's a, a wonderful program. Well, and thank you for that. The um, the program that I used to teach as a class, which I do occasionally, but not quite as frequently as uh, I used to, is um, called. It, it was either called Easy Midlife Weight Loss Weight Loss or the Midlife Women's Weight Loss Express, and it was only a four week class. People would say, how am I going to learn everything in four weeks? The bottom line is we're really smart. And women can do all kinds of things when they set their mind to it. And we know pretty much what there is to do. I I have a couple of what I call myths that need to be handled about what's really healthy and what's not. But we don't need a lot of time. We just need a lot of expectation and curiosity about what the process is going to be like. I had uh, a client early on who... Uh, has been a client not for weight loss since, but um, more with life things. And she said that what we did in the class was six weeks originally. What we did in six weeks moved her into a place of something she couldn't do for 16 years by herself. And it was in the way that you said giving her back herself. You lose the weight, you gain something of you. Anytime we take on a big life change, and I don't care whether it's weight that's been around for a, a year or 20 years, it's personal growth on steroids. You cannot help but grow yourself if you're willing to take on different experiences. And I think that sometimes the weight gain is just an experience. Somebody wanted to have this experience. And they may not like that idea. I didn't do this to myself. It just happened is kind of, you know, that deflection language and not taking responsibility. I'm not saying the person didn't eat the food or however it happened, but there are lots of reasons that people put on weight. So once the reasons are, once it's evident that there's something at work here that isn't working, then we can we can figure out what to do about it. Does that make sense? So absolutely. Yeah, and much of it is, you know, oh, I don't have motivation today. Somebody will say, and how are we going to? What we only talk once a week, and you know, with emails in between. What if I fall off the wagon? The program has all of those things. Every, I've thought of everything because I went through it myself, and I've coached so many women. That And the home study version of this course has four hours of audio, and one whole hour is mental exercises and journaling and things that it's good to have an awareness of that's going on in your head and your life. And then two hours are an actual live classes where women can get to hear what other women had asked you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's comprehensive, and everything has happened to everybody who's tried to do this, right? So somebody might say, oh, but I'm different. You don't know my situation. Honestly, nobody's different. Everybody has different circumstances, but we are all intrinsically human, and so we have certain things that are going to come up. 
Mm, that's so true. And, you know, I find, I'm sure you do, um, that when people start off like that in conversation, they're already setting themselves up that they're not going to be that committed in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, commitment. And it's funny, people, I had to learn this. When somebody says, I want to do something, that's not a commitment. That's a dream or a desire, and it's a great mm-hmm. first place. But if we decide to do something, it's different. If I say, I decide, I'm making a decision to do this, whatever that is, then there's no turning back. You burn the ships. You only go in the direction of the one thing you say you have decided to do. But we, another thing we haven't learned as a culture, I didn't learn this growing up, that you know, if you want to change your commitment, that's one thing. But if you make a commitment to yourself, you stick with it. You be your word. And that's something that we talk about when I first get on the phone with people. It, it's huge. You're mm-hmm. so right. It's huge. Um, I used to teach that a lot and when I would travel as a stress management coach. And uh, mm-hmm. I did a lot of programs, uh, stress management for women. And I would bring to their attention, many of them did happen to be mothers. You know, what would your child do when you say, you know, um, Tuesday when we get when I get home from work, I'm going to take you to the amusement park and we'll spend the rest of the day. You know, and then you you show up that afternoon and then you say, oh, no, I didn't really mean it. I've changed my mind. It's not going to work out. I mean, that child would not be happy with you uh, for quite some time. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, it, the same impact is true of ourselves when we make these um, statements or these commitments and then we don't follow through with them. Mm-hmm. We feel that. Our, our inner child feels that deeply uh, within Absolutely. And I think it's important for us to know what will stop us because there are triggers all around us and we pretty much know what they are once we look for them. And so if you do know them, you can become, you know, like a superhero. You can get your kryptonite or whatever it is that will keep them away from you or keep the habit from taking over you. And again, it goes back to that awareness piece. I, I try to make people as aware of, aware of as many things as possible that will either support them or trip them up. And then we go after the support, and we keep the trip-ups at bay if possible. Well, I'm just so grateful that you're actually, you know, doing a lot of work in the weight loss field because it's uh, it's definitely an area where things have gotten way out of proportion. No, no, mm. pun, no pun intended. <laughs> but it, uh, it really is a, a, a crisis uh, in yeah. our society today and then when you add to that um, a lot of people not wearing the appropriate footwear um, that do not support the issue of the heavier body and we have Mm -hmm. shoes that do not work with us and how we are designed physically to move and then you have the knee issues it just is an ongoing cycle uh, Mm -hmm. that it's just really unfortunate, you know, in so many ways. It's definitely time uh, for people to wake up. But it's also a factor that we have all this information, uh, but at some point we have to assimilate the information, process it, and do something about it, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, almost too much information sometimes. Where do I begin is a question I I often hear. Mm Mm-hmm. So I want to remind everybody that you can go to Wealthy Wellness Coach and you can um, connect with uh, Gregory Ann. She also does a blog and she has various stories and archives that you can uh, connect with. Um, when you work with women with empowerment, uh, I know one of the mo- uh, the ideas you have on your website is clarity plus confidence equals clients. Uh, Mm -hmm. talk about that process a little bit sure and I would have to extrapolate that it could be clients it could be the life you're looking for one of the but especially in business it's it's very easy to um, we take on a mentor or we find somebody out in the world that we want to be like and it's not uncommon for people to model that person and I think that's a great way to get comfortable But if we don't then say, okay, I'm comfortable doing this in that way, now let me see how I can do it, people get fearful that their way of doing it isn't going to be as good. 
and then they end up sounding not like themselves. And then again, it goes back to that message I said, we send a message energetically, even if we're not saying it, and we confuse people. So the clarity piece, uh, it's important for me. It was important for me when I was struggling with what I said I did, but I understand how important it is for anybody who is in business to have a clear message about their product and service that makes sense to the people they're talking to. We can create marketing messages all day long, but they have to sound like who we are, represent us, and, and make sense in the marketplace from a value standpoint. And so once we have this clarity piece, then we have more confidence to go out and say, this is what I do, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And enthusiasm is a big piece of it. <laughs> As opposed to, I'm a this, I'm a weight loss coach. You know, it's like, you wouldn't believe what I can do for women. I, you know, can X, Y, and Z, and we talk about the benefits. So if we have clarity, confidence, enthusiasm, then people resonate. We bring in more business. We have a healthy business. We have a healthy lifestyle. We have what I would hope to be for these people that get that, a healthier life overall, you know? Absolutely. Now, some of the areas of or different programs that I've taken uh, in leadership modeling um, would be like when you talk about the clarity, it could be, so this is just a question of if they are related or if they're the same. When people talk about knowing your why, your W-H-Y, that when somebody passes you on the street, you know, what is your why? Or um, other people have called it somewhat of an elevator speech. Mm -hmm. Is that that what you're making a reference to with the clarity of this is who I am and I'm confident about it and, and, and lined up? Is that what you mean? Yes, all of those and the elevator pitch, I think, it, it feels a little masculine. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it is the same concept. Uh, I, I think also, although I give people little templates like play with this wording, here's a fill in the blank, fill in the blank, the ultimate goal is to get them to say whatever feels good without a formula, with a formula, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be complicated, but it is what you're talking about, just a little bit um, from a deeper place even than just trying to be a marketing sounding or a well-marketed person. I got it. You're not just there to sound like a commercial. It's real. It's not rote. It's something that um, it may need a little spicing up from conversation to conversation, but it's kind of the essence of your passion for what it is that you're a part of, right? Exactly. And to come from the results that you get with people that you work for. Because we tend to say, for instance, I am a life coach. I help people who are in transition. Versus, I work with women looking to break out of corporate so they can have their time and their life back. So you see, the benefit would be working with me if I was doing this. I'm not at the moment, but if I was that person, that coach, the benefit would be somebody wants to leave corporate, I can show you how so you get your life back. Versus I work with women in corporations. That doesn't sound very exciting to me. What is the corporate woman looking for? She's looking to break out. She's looking for more time, whatever it is. So I like people to focus on speaking from that place of what they deliver as much as what they do. Mm. Yeah, that's very... um that makes a lot of sense, and you're right. I think that is uh, much deeper than just the the, the surface level. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about your your book um, that's coming out next month. I would love to tell you about my book. So the title is "Your Genes: G E N E S Do Not Determine the Size of Your Genes: J E A N S." And it's the myths, misconceptions, and half-truths that are keeping us fat, frustrated, and fatigued. And it is a book for women on health, but it covers all aspects of health, as we talked about. You know, it's the body health, emotional health. There's mindset work to be done, of course. And the genes and genes reference goes back to the science of epigenetics. So many times people think, well, at midlife, we have, we're going to gain weight. That's just the way it is. Or in my family, everybody gets diabetes, so that's the way it is. In fact, that's not true. Only 95%, I mean, only 5% of our existence physically is genetically determined and set in stone. 
everything else we have an impact on with what we think, what we say, what we eat, whether we move or not, who we hang out with, the environment, the toxins, et cetera, et cetera. And I felt that there was, being in the food industry for 27 years, of course I have an insider's view of a lot of how food is brought to the table and what's going on, and I felt that some things needed to have a different viewpoint presented so that people have more choice. I'm not making the food industry wrong. I'm simply saying that some things are adding up to ill health and even weight, resistant weight, and people are not aware of it. So this book will help bring those things to light. So give me the um, the title again that's very exciting. It's <laughs> your genes, G-E-N-E-S. Right. Say the rest of it again. Do not determine the size of your genes, J-E-A-N-S. Okay, that we know already that's going to be a bestseller. I just see that. <laughs> I just see that coming. I mean, there there's no other choice but that one. I'll hold that with you and Thank look you. forward to having you on the show again to talk more about it, you know, once it's actually out. Uh, we're going to break now and I want to remind everybody you can visit us at unitycampus.org. And you can also participate in unity.fm and always learn about the various um, guests that we've had. And you can MP3 download those shows. You can download this show that we're having today. And it's a great way to do your exercise programs and taking better care of yourself. We'll be right back. In jest, there is truth. Shakespeare made the line famous. And at Holy Rascals, we've taken it to heart. Join us at HolyRascals.com, a spiritual education resource and community of spiritual boundary crossers who are on a truth-seeking journey that doesn't shy away from humor and frank conversations. HolyRascals.com offers cutting-edge webinars, short online videos, and podcasts. Our featured teachers are inclusive, radical, and often funny people who embrace the common heart of all religions. Find us on Facebook or check out our upcoming programs at www.holyrascals.com. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Thank you, everyone, for your presence here today. Greatly appreciate it and always love to hear the feedback. Be sure and write me and let me know about various guests or various topics that you would like to have on the show. You can reach me by writing temple at templehayes.org. Love to hear from you. Uh, Gregory Ann is with us today uh, talking about uh, different ways in which uh, we can be uh, wealthy and well in our lives. And, of course, we know after spending this time with her that, that wealthy is a, a state of being. Uh, it's feeling that you're on purpose with your life. It's feeling that you feel connected to your source. Uh, regardless of what you call your source, the the energy and the essence is about that you are expressing 
uh, your source to your greatest capacity. And I think that we're all wanting that. Um, Gregory Ann, I, I know that in doing the work that you do and, and working with a lot of people that are in the um, middle phases of their lives, you you probably hear it reminds me of the story of the woman that said she always wanted to be a lawyer, but she kept telling her friends that well she was fifty two, and so yes. her friend her friends came back to her and said, well how old are you going to be if you're not a lawyer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, like how relative is it really? Yeah. Um, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that, because I know you have a lot of experience with that of, you know, people trying to figure out what's next for them, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I'm, I get really excited in a good and sad way at the same time when I hear that people use age, you know, as a limiter or their body as a limiter. Well, I have to lose the weight first um, because it is, it is never more important, I don't think, in our history than now for people that are called to step up to that calling and find the courage wherever it lies within them to do that thing. Whether it's a childhood dream or something totally new and unexpected, and if, if that means getting support, and I truly believe it does, we need somebody that has either been there or who is strong enough to help us on the days that we're not strong, but we need more light in the world, and I know lots of people listening to this show have a light in them if they're not already using it fully, they could be using it more fully or they could just start something new that feels like it's calling them. And not let these, it's not about an age. It's, you know, it's like that number on the scale. Your age doesn't matter. I had a girlfriend who forever was saying, but I'm in my 50s. I'm never going to get a better job than I have now. And I thought, oh, it, that's exactly right for her then. She will not ever get anything better than she has now because that's her limiting story. Her belief is I can't. I had an exercise from a mentor once. He said, draw a line down the center of a piece of paper. At the top of the left-hand side, I want you to put whatever you have a goal. On the left, you say, why I can't. On the right at the top, you put why I can. And then you put a big X through the left-hand column. When you want something bad enough, all you think about is, how can I do this? Not, what's going to stop me? Mm, that that's so powerful well it's very interesting because you know at the beginning of our, our of our time together you were saying how um when you're not on purpose with your life your body uh, shows up in a way that you do not feel well um and with me um when i have been in uh places of stagnation in my life which like you i'm a fireball so that doesn't happen very often but when I am waiting, uh, the W-A-I-T-I-N-G, on mm-hmm. the something to happen or delaying it or putting it off, I do put on weight, W-E-I-G-H-T. And uh-huh. that was uh, kind of a profound thing. So that's definitely something that I think people need to consider is that's another element. Not in always. In truth, not yeah. all, you know, one size doesn't fit all. But many times when people aren't living the life of their true dreams, the one that they are, are destined to live, I find that they put on weight. Um, yes. Because they're, they're just delaying. They're delaying mm-hmm. their good. Mm-hmm. No more time for delay. <laughs> so do you actually, um, I know that you work with a lot of existing coaches. Do you have a structure within your organization that you have coaches that are working in your um, in your organization? No, I have not taken on other coaches yet. And I'm working on the possibility of certifying coaches in certain um, aspects of health and nutrition. But it's, that doesn't. It's something that's interesting to me, but I don't think it's a real direction for me. And the reason I haven't brought on other coaches that I've been asked to at times, I really like having that interaction with me and my ministry, if you could call it that, feels more like going out on the road and talking to bigger groups of people and helping them that way and running group classes and retreats for women. So I'm, I'm a one-woman show for now. I mean, I have assistant people that help me with certain things, but... Um, I just like being the one that interacts with the person. And why make it complicated when we don't need to, right? Yeah. Well, there's that too. <laughs> I mean, uh, more doesn't necessarily mean um, better. I'm talking with Gregory Ann Cox, who is a motivator, obviously. And I would definitely call it a ministry, of course. 
because mm-hmm. you are impacting people in a way that they uh, step into a greater level of their becomingness. And, you mm-hmm. know, what else is there, really? Yeah. I mean, to be that kind of difference maker. Well, one of the things that I find is another um, challenge that people face in their lives. Um, and I'd just be interested and curious uh, with your own life. How does your family feel about you being a coach, number one? And with you being a coach, um, do they listen to you? <laughs> <laughs> one of the things you learn early on, and I'm sure you've learned this as well, is do not try to coach your friends and family. Um, you know, I have uh, a very, very small family. Um, all the parental agents, with the exception of one aunt, um, have crossed over uh, many years ago. So um, I, my brother and sister really, they sort of get what I do, and they're very supportive. You know, they don't, it's not like they question me, but they don't really ask too many questions either about how it goes and what I do. Um, but I do have a very, very supportive husband who um, gets a little coaching now and then, but only if he asks for it, because I learned that that would also probably be a good thing to keep a healthy marriage going, would be not for me to be imposing my <laughs> opinion all the time. Um, but I do surround myself with like-minded people, and I have accountability partners who are in this industry who understand this whole process and idea. I mean, my family was all ju- uh, lawyers and judges, so it, <laughs> this is a big departure uh, in many ways, although I guess a judge you know, sort of weighing the balance of things and giving a reference, or lawyers do the same in some regard. So maybe it's not so far away, but uh, I, I'm fortunate to have a circle of people around me that get it, so to speak. Isn't it interesting? But yeah, you know, so many people, they do make that their focus, don't they? Um, in that they they want their family's acceptance, or they feel that mm-hmm. because their family isn't validating them, that maybe they're not doing the right uh, line of work. Uh, what do you What do you tell them, and how do you coach them through that, that they can let that go? Because that is a very, um, I see that all the time in, yeah. in the work I do. It's interesting because this has been a conversation among some of the coaches that I follow and talk to online about how many of their clients come to them and say, you know, my husband won't support me anymore or my mother thinks I should get a real job. And the thing that I can say is it's uh, that confidence piece. And the more we do the thing that we are called to do, the more confidence we have that we're doing the right thing. There's nothing better than, for instance, getting a card in the mail like I did yesterday from a client who I haven't spoken to in six months, saying, the day you told me this, oh my gosh, I just got it, and blah, blah, blah happened. So we have to do our work and not wait, as you were talking about, so that we can be bolstered up by the results that we get with our people. And then honestly be willing to say to the people, you know, I love you dearly, and this is my path, and you have your path, and I love you, your path, and I would hope that you would just respect mine. And it, those are difficult conversations to have. Of course, not everybody is as open and receptive to those as others, but they have to be had. I, I said this to a client recently. She didn't want to have a conversation with her significant other about something. I said, but how are you going to have a difficult conversation with a client? If a client really needs you to be honest and loving, you will not be able to go there if you can't do it for your own life. That's just my opinion. Maybe she would be, but it feels like we have to practice with ourselves before we go out and do with others. Hmm. That, that's a powerful statement. It's almost like I was having an epiphany as you were speaking because <clears throat> the other question that people ask when they come into a spiritual community and you start talking about, you know, a presence in power for good, and often a, a person will say, well, how can you say God is good when, you know, this is happening in Syria, this is happening over mm-hmm. here or whatever? And my coaching to them is don't let that be your distraction at this point. See how you can develop a relationship with this presence and this power. And based upon that, then you will be able to have a different level in which you view things versus just going there from the get-go. So that's mm-hmm. very um, that's very great wisdom in what you're sharing to people is is to go out and, and talk to the people that do want to listen to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that are interested in, in what you have to offer. And don't focus on the ones that you perceive or focus on that really don't validate you. Because doing the work out there in the world is what will validate you. 
Exactly. And truly, the things that they are coming to us with are their stuff. It's their limitation that they see in us, or it's their fear of risk that they see us taking. You know, it, it's always about the person presenting the issue. That is very well said. I think that's a great, powerful statement in which we end on today. I want to remind everybody to go to wealthywellness.com. I've been talking this hour with Gregory Ann Cox. Um, Is there anything, Gregory Ann, that you would like to leave us with? I would love to leave you with first deep gratitude for having me and uh, for the listening audience. Whatever came up for you today, when you heard something that made you go, and you got a little emotional start or something, connect that to whatever the next step is for you and don't put it aside and don't say, oh, well, no, I'm too afraid. Or If you feel you were called to be something or do something or change something in your life, please take action. The beauty and the joy and the grace lifts just on the other side of that decision. Oh, that is so powerful. Yeah, make today your defining day that you actually um, get your feet to go in the direction that you long to go in because this absolutely is the day that once you make the decision, your life will, will deeply change. Again, I'm Temple Hayes. Please join us and visit us on unitycampus.org. If you relate to these types of conversations, you can uh, see our campus and all the various programs that we have and our online services that we offer. And stay in touch with us. We really appreciate this. And remember to go to Gregory Ann's website, wealthywellness.com. Thank you, everyone, and look forward to being with you next week. Thank you for tuning into The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Spirituality into your own hands? Bucking corporate religion in favor of finding your own path? Do you cross the boundary between religion and science? Or between religions themselves? Do you like a dose of humor with your truth-seeking? If you answered yes, you're what we call a holy rascal. Join Rabbi Rami Shapiro for How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Central. Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or the world. If they can do it, you can too. 
Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.